I went to Paris for a couple weeks after with my girlfriend and we like rented a little spot there and I was like blasting the album like really loud and I had a knock on the door from someone and I got when I got the door and it was the neighbor and she was like what is this music and I'm like oh it's just it's, it's me it's something I'm working on she was just like this is really good can that's you send so it French. to me oh and I was like <laughs> I know I was like what <laughs> that moment I was like whoa that's kind of crazy I've never had anything like that happen Brian Allen Simon has been making music under the name Ananon since 2012. In February 2018, he put out his fourth album, Tongue, to widespread critical acclaim. In this episode, Simon breaks down Tongue, how it was conceived, where it was made, and what you can expect hearing it live. And quick note on the episode, we met in the Lower East Side hotel room on a busy Saturday morning, so you'll hear some car traffic picked up in the audio. This is not an homage to Simon's home of Los Angeles, or a nod to his excellent third album, Petrol. ASAP Ferg describes the interference best when he says, I gotta close the window before I record because New York don't know how to be quiet. So here's Ananon on Record Room. would you describe tongue to someone who hasn't heard it and i ask because petrol seems to have kind of this mythology of you've described it as being your la record i think anyone who's spent any time in la can hear exactly the space that it creates you know and the things that it kind of responds to with just anyone's personal feeling being in that city or being in a car driving yeah tongue was kind of like in response to petrol in a way of like I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to put too much, like, conceptual weight into it going in at all. It was more about, yeah, getting out of the country, kind of being in, in semi-isolation and just working on something that I I did know that I was getting rid of the drums. And so in that sense, I think it really lent itself to thinking of it as a sort of, as a more, like, meditative record than, than Petrol. I think... Petrol can be meditative, but you have to like really cut through the layers to get there. Whereas tongue, it's like meditative on top and it doesn't seem like there's many layers. But then once you kind of dig in to each layer, a whole world sort of opens up and sort of envelops you is what I've found after listening to it over, over time. I think it's a much more soulful record and one of just kind of letting go and like which seems to be seems to be like a, a thematic thing these days, I think, for a lot of artists and realizing that we don't have that much control over things. Kind of the best we can do is sort of just lay down a foundation and, you know, work on our practice. But when it comes down to making work, just kind of letting go and just following the leads with the work. And have you been surprised with the response at all? Response to Tongue has been overwhelmingly positive and 
what I've noticed too, and just people love it. There seems to be this like thread of accessibility in everyone's sort of estimation of it, you know, which is kind of interesting. I'm not sure it is the most, I mean, your first two records being more electronic and yeah, yeah, yeah. to have more like percussive patterns and things in them. That, that to me reads as more accessible, but I'm totally no to me not, too. Not most listeners, you know, and the, the, the claustrophobia of like petrol was something that like I liked a lot, but I know a lot of people would just not want to listen to it because it's yeah. kind of an upsetting record, <laughs> you know, like in, in the best way to yeah. be upset by music, you know, yeah, yeah. but to have to hear, you know, the, that kind of feeling yeah. fed back to you in your ear. But I don't know. I think, I mean, tongue is gorgeous. Obviously. Did you write the record in Tuscany? Yeah. the whole, I mean, more or less the whole thing was was made there there were like a few sketches and ideas that were kind of laid down um a month or so prior to to going out there um but at that point like the whole thing was pretty vague it all kind of came together pretty quickly yeah out in in tuscany okay did you did you go intent to make a record yeah so i had gotten accepted to this uh residency program it's called villa lena it's this this crazy like artist residency slash hotel slash restaurant chef residency thing too and they're open to musicians and visual artists and and writers like all all mediums basically yeah they gave me just like a pair of studio monitor speakers and like a little room with a desk (laughs) and i brought the rest pretty minimal setup and i knew at that point like the timing was right for me to make a record. It had been about a year after Petrol, my last record came out, and I was like starting to kind of prepare mentally and emotionally to be like, all right, I'm just gonna like, I know I only have like a month here, but I'm gonna like really try and just bang out a record. Did it come together differently? I mean, was anything different about the process with the residency it, or? It just happened really fast. It happened like super fast. Everything, like every album I made prior to Tongue has been like this longer kind of drawn out process of like just kind of working at home and like having that luxury of being like oh, okay you know I'm this is I'm just in my studio every day and I can kind of like I could work faster I could work slowly if nothing happens this day then like whatever that's fine um so I kind of had I kind of put that pressure a little bit on myself of being like and I it would be if I could bang out a record in just like 3 to 4 weeks then like it would be amazing it would be awesome but if that doesn't happen, then, like, no big deal. But, yeah, the environment was just, it, it just kind of lended itself really nicely to that because everyone else was there to work. So you kind of felt like a cop-out if you weren't working during the day. We all hung out. The, the other residents and I would, would hang out at night and, and cook and eat food and, and drink and stuff and talk. But during the day, it was, like, pretty, like, everyone got into their work zones pretty pretty seriously. So it was it was great for that, yeah. What were the were the elements of Tuscany that you wanted to capture on the record? And I asked specifically because, you know, we hear a lot of field recordings. I mean, I didn't really go in with any, like, specific intent of, like, trying to capture Tuscany or Italy or something like that. Because I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm an outsider entering this foreign country and I'm there to just make music. And I, th- I think my thought process going in was that, like, no matter what the surrounding is, my surroundings are going to influence somehow mm-hmm. uh i wasn't like trying to, to to capture like some quote-unquote like italian spirit or tuscan spirit or something like that it was more of just like presenting like a diary like a sort of 
abstracted audio diary of my time there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a lot of stuff to to field record, just walking around, a lot of good sounds. Um, and the environment was super lush and just meditative and yeah, it was it was kind of it was kind of the perfect environment to make to make music in. So when you brought the record home, was it in the version we hear today? Or did you More or less. No, pretty close. I was actually like I had this concern of like when I finished the record of like oh this is only going to sound good in Tuscany or something. I was like if I go to some to back to LA and like or I'm in a major city like this may not sound like this may not sound good. What led you to the residency? Did you want to get out of the country or? I think it was in January I was accepted into the program and then they were like oh we can only we can offer you April mm-hmm. and this is of 2017 and obviously like you know the current political climate everyone's like stress stress the hell out and it's it's just it's terrible but it wasn't i I wasn't like it it totally like oh i need to like get out of here because of trump or like Mm -hmm. what you know what's going on right now but i mean it's always nice to get out of the states and like get some perspective and like get a refresh like no matter what like the climate is What are you hoping to do with the tour for this? Are you going to tour more? Do you have performances in mind for Tongue? Yeah, I mean, well, last night at, at National Sawdust uh, here in Brooklyn, last night was more about kind of like the spirit and sort of like using the palette of the album with piano and saxophone kind of like really at the front of everything. Um, more minimal with the electronics so it's like it's 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 a tricky thing always with albums versus live and especially when it's like when you're recording and you have the the ability to just keep layering and because why would you stop you know it's like right um and in a sense this album is actually a lot less layered than stuff I've done at least like looking, maybe it doesn't sound like that, but at least like looking through Ableton sessions and files, it's right. like, there's some tracks, like songs on here that they have like six tracks of audio and like that's it. Whereas like tracks I was making before would have like 
up to like a hundred layers or something yeah. like in Ableton. It's just that the sounds petrol is a dense. Yeah, petrol is like crazy dense. Is yeah, there's almost like yeah. I don't know where my head was at when I was making that. It's it's so layered. Um, but even still, like when you have six layers of audio and you're trying to recreate that track live, I only have two hands. You know, I have pedals. I can do things like that. But I guess I'm like less interested in trying to like hundred percent recreate the tracks and more just wanting to like kind of riff on the spirit of the album. Um, I mean, and and at this point that music is almost a year old too. So I'm as a person, as a musician, like moving on, you know, already I like improvising live. I think there's more to be found and Mm -hmm. gained by doing that than like trying to recreate. I thought the set last night at Sawdust was really interesting. Um, Opening, you know, with a real exercise and delay the pedal work that was going on. And then almost like for hearing the tongue material moving backwards, you know, the, the whole set kind of revealed the album by the end and where every element was in full swing and everything had interlocked to the point where in the last 20, 30 minutes or so you hear each piece as you know it on the record. Was that intentional or was that kind of just how it came together? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it was. That was fairly intentional. Yeah, I kind of selected just like a few tracks that I thought would work the best live. Ones that weren't too layered, and ones that kind of allowed me to sort of just free up and flex on the saxophone and um, have some, you know, light piano accompaniment from from Bryce Bryce Hackford joined me last night, who's a New York artist um, on piano. But yeah, I mean, the intent was going. We had an hour set which is pretty long for me i usually like to cap my sets at like 30 to 40 tops but it was kind of it was it was actually a nice change of pace because it really gave us some time to stretch out and like just be really relaxed up there and 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 loose but yeah the idea was just like a kind of like a like a 60 percent improv 40 percent sort of uh, riffing on on album stuff and then the improvisation ends up sort of just flowing kind of seamlessly in into the material so yeah that was definitely that was definitely kind of the goal with that set and i think it went down pretty successfully would you adapt tongue to a larger ensemble or is that something you've thought about i've like vaguely thought about that i'm, I'm definitely i'm open to these sorts of things i think when it comes down it needs like the I need to find people with the right vibe and this, this the kind of right attitude and like I'm not even necessarily looking for like people who can like play you know like like I never even played with Bryce before last night but I know his music I've hung out with him I like his vibe and that's more important to me I've never even seen him play piano before I mean I've heard like piano recordings and I I thought he was like playing these weird chords and like I was like oh this will sound cool with what I'm doing so yeah it, it, <laughs> I'm open to like putting together like kind of like ragtag ensemble of people who who know the music and like are down to like kind of take it to to an interesting live place for sure. I actually put together it was I think it was like 2016. I did this performance at Mocha in Los Angeles. The whole thing was improvised, but it was coming from a similar sort of sort of place of just kind of asking people I knew and who I respected and like their music and. To, this is a series where you were doing something in conversation with the permanent collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was called Monument, um, and that was like 2016 to 17 in, in Mocha in LA. Yeah. Tell me about that piece. 
There was a room of nothing but works from people who had gone through Black Mountain College. There, there's like this legendary time period of, of just like a who's who of, of everyone in, in, in art and music and poetry and, and performance and dance who spent time at, at Black Mountain College. And Mocha has a pretty uh, vast collection of a lot of works from these artists. So I'm like walking around, like we basically set up, the whole room was a square, really high ceilings, crazy acoustics in there. And the idea was to kind of do this entirely acoustic ambient set. And so it was myself on saxophone, tenor saxophone, Yvette Holsworth, who's an LA musician. She was on violin. She actually played violin on petrol. Sam Gendel, who is kind of a current collaborator of mine. We have like a, this sort of off the cuff live duo thing that we do. He usually plays sax with me, but he was playing guitar at this. And then John Kyle Moore, who's also an, a frequent collaborator of mine, was playing drums. Um, and so Sam and John Kyle were stationary in like opposite corners on guitar and drums. And then Yvette and I were walking around the room on sax and violin. And it turned, it, I, yeah, it was like, it was cool. People just started following us, like walking around and going in circles. There was this massive like John Chamberlain sculpture in the middle that was like this mind-blowing piece i was just like staring at that and like <laughs> trying to play this like play to the sky basically and then there's like john cage pieces franz klein like it was cool it was cool and there's a re- you can hear the recording of that i think it's on mocha soundcloud but you can kind of hear it was just on a zoom but you can hear spatially like where the sax and violin are kind of shifting it's because we we're walking around interesting yeah it was a cool vibe yeah, yeah. like that you can really perform in a number of different spaces and it sort of lifts the whole project out of being confined by like an esoteric performance space or like only received totally yeah you know it's funny i was actually like having bryce and i were kind of like pacing in the green room before (laughs) before the set and like waxing philosophical i think like universality is something i'm after like i don't want to be this esoteric dude like i don't i'm not that guy like i want 
the music to come from like esoteric places and like what fuels me artistically and creatively happens to be mostly yeah from kind of more niche and esoteric vibes and things but when it comes down to making my own music i think it can kind of like shift from esoterica into a more universal thing that people want to listen to or want to hear and you know this is my fourth album i'm realizing that this is like this is like a this is a long process to like keep doing this and like it's a lifelong sort of thing but yeah, I mean, a record like Tongue, I actually am surprised at like how positive the response has been. I, When I wrapped it up, I thought that, yeah, this is my weirdest record that I've made. I mean, that was sort of like, it's, a, it's like the most stripped down kind of raw thing that I've done. And I've, it's laying myself out bare on this one a lot more than, than in previous efforts. And yeah, I mean, I'm totally, I mean, I'm very, I'm happy and I'm like totally surprised. I feel like people are actually like really listening to this and sort of organically sharing it. And there's a lot of good word of mouth and, and whatnot. That's the vibe I get. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. Yeah, honestly. What are you thinking about next? Whatever you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing. Um, <laughs> maybe doing some dates in Europe later in the year, huh. trying to get that stuff sorted out. Um, but yeah, as far as like recording, I'm not thinking about too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that I've put out a record every two years since 2012, like almost on the dot. I think that's a comfortable pace as far as like dealing with like the scope that I want to get into with each record. I think things have to happen in life, like in between records for me to, to, to dive into the next one and sort of take a, a step back and reevaluate everything but what i'm finding is that i really like kind of collaborating more in between albums and working with other people sam gandell who i mentioned earlier is a la-based musician amazing musician um him and i just recorded a live set uh in la that we're gonna i think we're gonna do a release of like a small run tape or something like that and digital um and that's just 30 minutes of straight up acoustic saxophone duets uh and in like a really nice natural reverb room Bryce and I were talking about working on some kind of he lives in New York I live in LA so we're probably going to do some sort of sending files back and forth something like that but yeah keep it pretty loose I just did a remix for Ryuchi Sakamoto which kind of came out of nowhere so yeah like that that was really fun and and just kind of working on kind of more like low pressure collaborations and just having fun with it kind of always the next album is always sort of in the back of my mind a little bit but it definitely for where i want to go with albums it takes it takes some time yeah as it should yeah can you tell me about the artwork for tongue that was actually that's a photograph from new york actually that this photographer andres altamirano shot i like his vibe a lot uh he's a friend and he has a kind of like sensuality to his photos he actually works in like fashion a lot but then i've always kind of liked his weirder like abstract photos and he just sent me a folder of a bunch of images and i saw that image immediately it's a square crop of like a wider image and i was like ah this is that's the image it was like two seconds like i looked at it and i was like done (laughs) uh i tried to like mess with some type on it and i was like eh that is not working and so we just kept it just bare yeah 
and then uh, John Kyle Moore did the the design on the back of the LP. I don't know if you've seen the the actual I LP. Seen oh, the cool, physical cool. copy, but yeah, yeah, I've seen the cover. Yeah, yeah. So the cover is yeah, it's just a photograph. I think it was actually it was like a Polaroid um, that was shot in Central Park. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. But I've had people be like, oh, is that the sky in Italy? People have asked me that. I was like, yeah, it's Central Park. <laughs> While we're nearing the end, can you run down who's involved with the record? It's the second Friends of Friends release. It's um, a great home, yeah. I think. They're, they're great. Uh, Lior it runs Friends of Friends. Amazing, amazing guy. Knows what he's doing. Really helps push the record. So yeah, it's out on Friends of Friends. John Kyle Moore did the design, which you only see if you get the actual record. <laughs> um, Andres Altamirano shot the, the cover photograph. And there are two guests actually on tongue on the track. It's called Campana. These two other residents who were at Villa Elena, they drove from Paris all the way down to Tuscany with a car full of like crazy synths and, and stuff. And they had a separate studio kind of across the campus. And, but we would hang out and, and kind of jam. And so Campana is actually just like a two minute fragment from like a 20 minute like wine and fuel jam <laughs> that we did one evening. Um, and it's, it features Raphael Cornette on bells. He's this amazing guy from Paris. He works with autistic children and does music therapy. So he had these like really beautiful bells and he just started playing them. And I picked up this, the sax and it kind of just went from there. And then, uh, his name is Jib Jib Mo Joseph Maurice. He's just kind of playing like a low key like C drone, I think, like on a, a monopoly on that track. Oh yeah, and then Yoshi Horikawa, my friend in Japan, mastered the record. Anyway, one more, and then Adam Gunther in LA helped me do a few like preliminary sort of recordings to kind of lay down some ideas about a month before I went out to to record. Who are you hoping? the record reaches uh i try try not to stress out about that too much or even like i think it will get to who needs to hear it like that's sort of that's what i think and i think it already kind of is starting to yeah yeah i just ask because i'm wondering if this feels like your most listened to album um i mean i think it already is uh and it's only been out for like a couple months which is crazy to me like things like that it's like I, I'm the record's done. I put it out. I really, I no longer have much to do with it anymore. It kind of feels like, and it's, it's now for everyone else.
for more information on Brian Allen Simon, his ongoing and and on project, and of course, where you can purchase a copy of Tongue, please visit the links in the description of this episode. There you'll also find more work from the talented folks behind Record Room and a contact for advertising inquiries should you want your product featured on our program. Record Room is produced and hosted by me, Will Felker. We're mixed and mastered by Federico Foglia. Our theme music is by the enigmatic Daoud Anthony and our artwork by the very talented Tom McQuaid. Please visit us on Instagram until we get a proper website. All of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen. Just not Spotify. Thanks for hanging. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you.